it's like something out of EastEnders or it something. It makes me that bit where they're on either side of the wall, even though they couldn't possibly be able to tell that the other one was doing that, makes me think of like really cheesy, tacky student theatre. Yeah. Oh my god, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so right. GCSE where, drama. Where it's like in the middle of the the stage is a white wall, and either side of that white wall, the actors yeah, yeah. are like, "We can't be together. Yeah. We're so apart, but we're we're so close." Yeah. And, I, I, and then the, the next thing you see is just me walking out. <laughs> like, have you, have you, you know, in like GCSE drama, where you've got like one person sat on a chair yeah and then and then there's like four or five other people walking around them and they're going they're saying like anxiety <laughs> paranoia stress <laughs> I don't want to start <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't got quite got that to that bit yet. No, but we will. Yeah. So season two of Doctor Who, we completely. I think we did it in two sittings. Two we? sittings. Yeah, we yeah. we binged it, pretty much. And uh, I think we've come to well a bit of an agreement. Shocking uh, that it's the weakest of uh, tens, tens reign. Yeah. I agree. I think two is the weakest of the Russell T. Davis era. Yeah. What um, is it? Russell T. Davis era is one to four. Yeah. And the, and specials. the specials. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, it's very up and down. You know how we were saying in the last one that series one on a, on the whole is is quite balanced. Yeah. I think series two is extremely um, varied in quality. Yes. I mean, it has some absolutely fantastic episodes really good and you know among well a couple of them are among the best we've ever had but it also has some absolute garbage (laughs) i mean some of the worst episodes of doctor who of all time let alone from new who Mm. um so it's a very mixed bag Wow, that's such a negative start. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, We're such downers. We are. Um, well, you know, it, 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 I, um, I mean, David Tennant's is 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 good. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, he, he's a he's a fantastic actor. I mean, you know, oh, of course, ten the tenth Doctor is probably I don't think it showcases his. Um, um, his ability, yeah. as well as other roles mm. I've seen him in. Um, and I saw him in that um, uh, that uh, serial killer drama, Des. Yeah. Oh my god, he's fantastic. Is I mean, it? Honestly, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. He's absolutely like um, gripping and mesmerising. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, he he's he's good. He's you know it, it, he's instantly likable. Um, I think. Um, I mean, you know, just from that that, that tiny little five-minute um, uh, comic relief special that that we, we watched. Which should have definitely been in that episode itself. I can't believe it wasn't. 
<clears throat> which is which is weird because it feels like part of the episode removed for a, a five minute bit for what was it children in need or was it red nose Day? i think that's exactly what they did yeah i feel like they they were like oh uh, can we get a a sneak peek and they're like well, well we'll just cut out an important five minute scene yeah and you, you can have that and uh i think yeah it's definitely should have been in the episode if you uh, are listening uh, have a look on youtube for uh the doctor who i think it's 2005 christmas special david tennant scene I can't remember what the the exact I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's an important bit in between his regeneration from nine to ten, and then to the beginning of the episode, um, the Christmas invasion. Yeah, which is where the series kind of starts. It's just yeah, it's it's weird because as well at the the very beginning of that episode, he basically just he comes you know he sort of falls out of the TARDIS, says a couple of lines, and then like faints. Yeah, and it's like, and you know, if you hadn't seen that little in between um, comic relief special where it's you see him on in the TARDIS and he, him and Rose are talking and he's trying to convince her that he's the same person. person. Yeah. Um, you just think, well, hang on a minute, we've it's a brand new Doctor. We've just had a regeneration, and it's within a minute of the episode starting, he. It, literally before the credits roll, he faints. Hmm. Um, I mean, I guess that's a good that's a good lead in to the Christmas invasion. Um, for me, that has always been just the the first episode of series two. Yeah, yeah. But just because it's it's Ten's first story, we've had to do a bit of um, a bit of working out where it starts and where it ends. Yeah, because we have uh, we obviously watched the Christmas invasion as part of series two in this podcast and uh we have also watched the next christmas special but we believe is actually part of series three due to certain references i mean do you know what the thing is the thing with the exception of uh the christmas invasion the christmas specials are hard to place place mm. because they're they're one-off stories that don't yeah, really have any connection to either the previous series or the coming series whereas the christmas invasion i think is unique in that because it's 10's first story and it does lead directly on from the end of series one into the start of series two so for me that is definitely it's just the first episode of series two yeah um but yeah i mean yeah there are there are things about it I like. For um, once again, I absolutely love Harriet Jones. Yep, she's in top form in this episode. Harriet Jones, Prime Minister. I love that running gag where she's constantly introducing oh. herself, and they're like, "Yes, we know who you are." That's one of the funniest bits about yeah. Doctor Who in general is the the Harriet Jones uh, MP or Harriet Jones Prime Minister, and every character going, "Yes, I know who you are." Even that. in this episode, the funniest bit is when. She said it. See, she says it. She says it. Uh, Harriet Jones, Prime Minister, and the Sycorax are like, "Guess we know." And it's <laughs> yes, just right. Like, Even they know. It's just like, oh, that's just yeah. That was absolutely great writing. Um, yeah, that is that is one of the one yeah. of the good bits. Um, yeah. she's always good to good to see. She's good, um, and then yeah. coming back for 
spoilers coming back for season four later on. My but, um, uh, my mum and I played a drinking game once where <laughs> every time Harriet Jones said Harriet Jones Prime Minister, we had swig. to do a shot. I can't remember what we were doing. It might have been Jaeger. Um, but it it de- definitely worked because she says it at least half a dozen times. <laughs> um, so if you if, you know if, if you fancy a, a Doctor Who drinking game, that's one um, <laughs> of many that you could have. Really. Uh, yeah, it's um, I I, I, I the thing about the Christmas invasion is um, yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't really have anything to do with Christmas. It's just set at Christmas. Yeah. Um, so I mean, not to skip too far ahead, but the one that we saw recently, the Runaway Brides, that's just set. At same, Christmas. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and they reuse the the um, the same villains from Rose. The, super, the is it Rose? They use the Santas. The yeah, the uh, yeah, but in that one, aren't they? something else I don't know um, I, I can't remember plus aren't they in those Santas again in uh, the last David Tennant episode I keep forgetting what's called End of Time End of Time aren't they using that as well probably because um, they used that we we already said this but we they used that shot again of um, yeah that uh, really uh, Adobe After Effects shot of zooming in from space to Earth to London. They use that shot yeah. like, oh, like four or five times, times yeah. in the uh, in the span of Russell T Davis era Doctor Who. So. Because yeah. I was like, half expecting, like I said to you at the time, I was half expecting to hear Timothy Dalton's uh, uh, voiceover narration, right. like at the beginning of that right. two part. So. But yeah. yeah um yeah i the, the my, my main gripe with the christmas invasion is that i just it's not a very good post regeneration story in fact i think it's the it's one it's one of the worst because you know the, the 10 spends half the episode unconscious yeah and it's like well it's a brand new doctor and it's his first story and he's barely in it yeah, I feel like the regeneration episode, wherever it lies, should be almost quite solely devoted to the Doctor. Exactly. You know, you've got the rest of the him. you've got the rest of the season to have a uh, exploration of the companion or, or the dynamic between the Doctor and the companion. Yeah. So it's just like when the regeneration episode is, you're hyped for who the next Doctor is. Who. He did it. Roll credits. And um <laughs> dude no, that's the that's the beginning one. Oh bollocks. Fuck that up. Uh but yeah, the uh you get to, you you wanna get to know uh whom the uh Nice, nice recovery there. <laughs> uh the, the the doctor becomes because you've obviously been waiting to see who the next one is. And yep. uh yeah, in this one he spends at least 25 to 30 minutes unconscious yeah and we were saying in the last one that um well i mean for me personally my preference in a regeneration story is i want the doctor to i want i only want to spend about five to ten minutes with of him sort of you know being a bit weird and wacky picking out his outfit yeah um sort of showing us the, the the viewers like his his personality and stuff 
Yeah. And then I want him to get on with the story. Yeah. And in this episode, he, you know, he spends literally he spends half the episode unconscious. He's he's in like, you know, he's dressed like the guy from um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Doesn't pick his outfit out till like the end final scene. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, I think he should have just kept the bathrobe. Well, yeah, for his whole run, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He, he does reference it. He's just like very Arthur Dent, and I'm just like, oh yeah, maybe you should have kept it. Yeah. Although and- his suit and Converse combo is obviously, oh, I was going to say iconic, but it's probably just uh, you know cosplayable. Yeah, it's it's um, <laughs> there's a lot of things about the Tenth Doctor that I absolutely loved with a passion at the time yeah but now when i look back on it i think that it's actually it's actually not that great mm. um his outfit is another thing don't um, like his outfit now i don't I, it's not i don't like it I you're just, basically wearing it i know i was playing <laughs> as it i just think i just i just think it's a bit um unremarkable when you you know yeah, for the for the time, it was just like kind of stylish. Yeah, for the, the two thousand and six. Yeah, it was geek chic. Yeah, you know the 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 converse and the suit and yeah. the sort of um sort of cool glasses, the designer glasses, whatever, and the sort of spiky hair, or whatever. I mean, you know, I I just think when I look back at Doctor, and I'll say the same thing about the twelfth Doctor, who who's my favourite. His I thought his costumes were unremarkable. Um, yeah. I just, you know, when I think back of iconic Doctor Who costumes, I think obviously Tom Baker, I think Colin Baker, the mm. rainbow, even though it was ridiculous, yeah. it stands out. I think I think Chris Rexton in his leather jacket. I think Matt Berry. Matt Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. Cue <laughs> Matt Berry impressions. Which Doctor am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! We've always like, yeah, we've always joked, but that would uh, that would be a good, would oh, be a good mix. He would be fans would brilliant. hate it, I think. Yeah, like diehard Doctor Who fans, like even more so than us. But diehard Matt Berry fans, but diehard Matt Berry fans like oh, us <laughs> would love it. Ah, uh, Davros. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's brilliant. Uh, anyway, Matt Smith, Matt Smith, the bow tie, bow tie. yeah, the fez, um, yeah, more iconic than just a brown pinstripe. Well, yeah, yeah. it is, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're we're talking about anyway. Fashion aside, um, yeah, for me, it's um, it's not a good post regeneration story. Um, it's and it's it's an all right. It's a decent Christmas special. It has quite a, a, a um, it has quite a big, f- epic feel to it. It oh, does yeah. feel more like it's like a, a feature length movie yeah, than yeah. a than a st- episode. Especially the climax. I know that's maybe because it's a bit of an action scene. Yeah. Um, which you don't usually get because the, the Doctor doesn't usually sword fight. Sword but, fight. Yeah. You know, he's he, he is known to every now and again, but not not uh, post. 2005 yeah but um yeah I, I agree with the the fact that it feels it feels like a big episode um yeah it I feels d- grandiose but it doesn't quite hit the marks it doesn't really i'm thinking about it it doesn't when he comes when he sort of like 
you know, appears out of the TARDIS and like he's like a god, all yeah. in light. Yeah. If you think about it, all he does is press, he presses a big red button. Yep. And he literally says, he literally says, oh, look, there's a big red button here. and Yeah, I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it. And that saves all the people from jumping off the building. Yeah. And so all he does is push a big red button and then have a sword fight. Yeah. I mean, anyone could have done that. Oh, and then that. at the end of that sword fight, he he literally kills someone. Yeah. <laughs> by le- allowing them to drop to their death. Yeah. Um, although I do like, when he's, you know that, that bit, he says... Um, he says, "Oh, no second chances. That's that's who I am." Yeah, I do like that because that um, that does, f- for better or for worse, in my opinion, for worse, that does uh, hint at the Tenth Doctor's um, absolutely psychopathic, merciless um, personality. Yeah, one minute he's all like laughing and joking, and and the next <sighs> minute he's absolutely furious, and he's like, um, yeah slaughtering so uh, we've come to the conclusion i feel uh that he is basically bipolar Mm, Um, exactly he's the bipolar doctor because you could you could probably do like a massive um montage of just smash cuts between him being the lovable uh, quirky number 10 laughing having a good time making it having a bit of a laugh yeah and then, you know, there's ample examples and then smash cut to him with a frowny face and he's killed, like, loads of people. Yeah. Or let loads of people die. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know... Yeah, he's either really, really happy, yeah. really sad and crying or, or, or you know, scarily furious. Yeah. It's like he's just... It's all... There's, there's no middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's all or nothing. Anyway, I mean, I mean, we'll spec. We'll get into the tenth Doctor. Um, so yeah, later. the the Christmas invasion wasn't a great regeneration story. Was a okay opener to the if you begin that as the series. Yeah, yeah, and then and then we get to again something that we discussed at the time. Is basically a rehash of the uh, beginning of series one. Yeah, the format. Yeah, is exactly the same. Uh, straight to as far forward as they can in time. Um, you know, future story with yep. Cassandra. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, go really far back into historical. Yeah, it, which is you're right. It's exactly the same format. I will just say. Um, I do. I. I. You know, as I'm sure um, everyone knows by now, I'm not a huge fan of Rose. Um, however, I do in the Christmas Invasion. Um, I get that at the start of it, she's a bit cautious of, of this of the ten because she's she's unsure about um, the change. Yeah, like, she's never seen it. Which before. is which is normal yeah I understandable get yeah i understand that but by the end of the episode she has accepted him and yep. she's she's you know she's sort of come to terms with the fact that he's he's looks different and acts different but is the same um person yeah and she and that's it that's the end of it and i like that because com- now compared to clara and the 12th doctor yeah she spends the whole of series eight questioning him and being oh, of course. being basically a complete dick to him yep. and it's like well yeah I, I 
like we had that with Rose, but it was in one episode. Mm. By the end of the episode, it was she was she she dealt she just accepted it and yeah. they'd moved on. Yeah, she'd already forgotten nine. Well, she had really, yeah. On, um, honestly, it gets we uh, whether that's good or a thing or not. It gets to what episode do we say? Like the second or third episode of maybe even the first episode. You know where they go to New Earth. Yeah, I think that's the uh, entirely the episode as well. It's like she's just totally forgotten about Nine. Like I know it's the same person. That's the whole point. Yeah, but she's just like, no, I love this new you. Yeah, like I just wish we'd had that. Um, I know I'm jumping way ahead, <laughs> but I'm just I'm just saying that that I wish that had been the case with Clara. Like you could have had all that light with Rose. You could have had all that in the in 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 Peter Bawley's first episode yeah. which we did but then get over it move on mm. you know especially at that point she had gone into the doctor's timeline she'd gone into and she so she oh, she knows he can regenerate because she, called, apparently she's met all of the previous doctors yeah oh yeah like and in Day of the Doctor she met Ten she met War yep she knows he changes She's just being a, a typical fucking fangirl. Oh no, the doctor's old now. He's not yeah, handsome exactly, anymore. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm oh. <laughs> Where did the where did the, the charming bow tie? Yeah. Man go? Well, actually, now it's your your angry uncle. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry to digress, um, <laughs> but I just wanted to say that I like I appreciated that that she accepted him. Yeah. Um, maybe she, maybe she got over him too quickly, as you said. Yeah, maybe. But at least they, at least they got she dealt she accepted yeah, it and, at dealt, least you and they, see, moved, they got on with it. Yeah, at least you see like the stages of acceptance. Yeah. Whereas with Clara, it just doesn't really happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, New, New Earth's all right. I don't hate it. Um. It's got some amusing moments. Like I like the body swap thing. That's mm. quite funny. Um. But other than that, it's just it's a pretty forgettable story, really. Yeah. Let's do the uh, like the format from the last one. Let's do our favourite. Yeah. Okay. Episode. Yep. And then least favourite. Is that what we did? I think it is. What well, again? Mine. My favourite is different from what I think is the best. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're still we're still doing the same format as before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Our, yeah. Yeah. Our, yeah, yeah. our, our favourite episode. Good idea. Our favourite episode and our least favourite. I guess. Shoot. Um. Girl in the fireplace. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> it's just, uh, I mean, I, I probably said this before in the last episode. I'm a sucker for historical, uh, historical uh, episodes. Yep. Now that I'm a little bit older, yeah. Whereas when I was 16, yep. when this first, uh, when the second series came out, I was like, oh, I don't want to watch oh, that. It's boring. Yeah. History. Oh, it's like going to so, school. It's all about the future. Yeah, it's like, all want to see aliens and spaceships. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas now, you know, I'm a little bit more um, appreciative. Yeah, very same. appreciative of uh, the historical episodes. Although I will say that when this episode came out in season two initially, it was pro- it was probably one that I enjoyed a lot as well. Like I, w- I wasn't at the time thinking, "Oh, this is rubbish." Uh, I think this was probably one which made me think maybe I'll ju- I will invest in the historical ones yeah it's just uh it's just a great story because obviously it's got futuristic bits they go yeah. onto uh onto a ship in the i want to say 50th century or something 
something like that. Yeah, the fifth century, fifth not fifth century, yeah, fiftieth century. Um, and obviously it's got windows in time to uh, this lady's future, who turns out to be Madame de Pompadour. Got it right first time. Well, I'm impressed. And um, yeah, it's just. The acting in it is great. The story is is great. You've got um, the added dynamic of Mickey becoming a companion by yeah. coming on this this adventure, and which, um, which works exactly. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. We love Mickey. He's a great yeah. companion anyway. Yeah, we're Mickey fans. Um, but yeah, and then you know the the monsters are kind of. I think you said it. Right, they're very Moffat. Oh, they're very Moffat. There's a lot of under under the bed, um, yeah. period masks. Yeah, um, you know, kind of freaky robots, it, clockwork it, robots. It was that bit when he goes, um, he goes, uh, how long's this clock been broken? She's like, why? And he's like, because if the clock's broken, then what? What's making that ticking? Yeah, sound? And you just hear the t- yeah, t- and that's such a Moffat thing. It is yeah, and it's, I it's, it. I like it. Like, I love it. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. The the Moffatisms uh, are strong with this episode. Very strong. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a great. It's a great um, stretch of the legs for ten, because this is like this is like episode three or four. Um, yeah, acting wise. Yeah, he's great so in this, he? you know you, we're still in the feeling out process um, of the of the that particular doctor. Yeah. Um, I don't, obviously, I wouldn't say it's David Tennant's best episode, but I, I still think he's good in it. Yes, I agree. He shows he shows some different sides of the Doctor from this point. Yeah. You know, because obviously we've only had five episodes with him at this point. But yeah, I think uh, the music. Oh yeah, the mu- the, the score was the, amazing. The theme for the the song, uh, the theme for the song, beautiful. <laughs> the, isn't the theme it? for the episode is like, I'd say top ten of all time. Is it Murray Doctor Gold? Because um, I know he did majority of the music for the Russell T Davis era. I think I think he did it. I think he did it all. Yeah. at this point. So I mean, he the guys. Are yeah, he did. So... He did. He did the. Uh, he did the incidental music. He's a composer for the episode. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's got. I think the guy in the fireplace has got everything as well. It's got, um, it's got, you got, you got your history. It's got, um, it's got sci-fi, time travel. Um, so it's it, it's got romance. It's got action. It's got like there's an element of horror with the, oh yeah, of course. you know, with the um, very Moffat, very Moffat. Yeah, where he he. He does say that he likes to, he he writes base of his villains on things he was uh, scared of as a kid. So this would be That'd like be, explains statues, shadows, yeah, something under the bed, some monsters under something the bed with a mask, exactly, ticking clock, maybe. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a perfect example of um of a a, a, a Moffat episode where all the elements. Um, come together and work really well. And uh, not to sound like a broken record, but if you were to take Doctor Who out of this story, and it would just be—I uh, know you can't because it's obviously as time travel and like the future and all that. But if you were to take 
the fact that it's Doctor Who out of the story. Yeah. It would still be great drama. Absolutely. It would work as just a a, a one a, a one off film. A BBC drama. Yeah. One off. Absolutely. You know, uh, someone who's able to travel through time meets Marion Antoinette. Well, all of I think all of Moffat's episodes in the in the Russell Davis era are like that. They really stand. They work as both a Doctor Who story and as a, a standout of adventure. Yeah. Um, by itself. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if this might have changed, but I do recall you telling me once that the Girl in the Fireplace was your favourite episode of Doctor Who of all time. I think that might be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's great. Uh, it's just just on, uh, just a great drama. Like yeah. the bit where she um, she goes through a tapestry with Mickey and Rose into the ship. And she sees what it's like in the future, and she's just like, "Is this is this his world?" Mm. And they're like, "Yeah." And she's just like, "Well, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, yeah. I'll I'll go the long way round." Yeah, you know, I was just like, "That's because uh, she, obviously she's probably she's probably in love with it at this point." Like, of course, who um, isn't? It's yeah. the it's the tenth <laughs> it's doctor. The tenth. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm still just like, not every companion or non-companion in terms of Madame de Pompadour, but um, not all of them are like so awestruck by the future that they're like, I must come with you. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, and it's yeah. evident in this episode. It's refreshing that, that she's that she's terrified of yeah. it rather than excited yeah. by it. Um, it has so many small elements in it that just build up to good, good writing and good drama that it's... Yeah. Um, I could watch it again. I think what we watch oh, it. Oh yeah, right I, I, I mean, you know, it's the same with. Um, uh, again, I'm sounding like a broken record now, but it, all of Moffat's episodes, uh, you could just watch them at random, yeah, without context. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, I, for example, I, um, I wanted to, I wanted to sort of reintroduce someone to Doctor Who who wasn't very familiar with it. So we literally sat down and watched that and Blink. Nice. Um, because uh, I just thought they're such they're they're great. The thing about Moffat episodes is that I think they're really good gateways into Doctor Who. Oh yeah. For people who don't really watch it or don't want to. Yeah. Because I think it has something for everyone. Mm. Um. So yeah, I, I I mean, so is that is that your favourite? And do you think it's the best? Uh, I believe so for this series. Um, uh, you know, it's got a little bit of everything, and then it's also got at the end of. I know it's resolved pretty easily, but at the end of the, towards the end of the episode, you wonder how he's going to get back from. Um, is it sixteenth or seventeenth century France? Yeah. So. You know, when when I'm watching, when you watch the episode, you're like, he hasn't got the TARDIS. You know, Mickey and Rose are left on the ship, and I, I was just like, well, I want to know what happens now because something that we've also touched on before is that notion that he can't have a a slow, simple life. Yeah. Yet is over at this point over nine hundred years old. So he could easily live 30 years as just living in France. Yeah, he could. 
So I was I was just kind of at the probably at the time I was quite intrigued as to what they would do now. Would would they, would he just like live in an extra couple of hundred years and then next time he sees the TARDIS just nips in? Yeah. But uh, obviously, like I said, it's resolved quite quickly. But it's quite it's quite nice to see him realise that he'll have to he'll have to take the slow road, and he just kind of accepts it. Doesn't uh, uh, you know? Kind of off brand for ten. He doesn't make a big deal of it. That is very off brand. Um, you know, uh, obviously he is able to go back via one of the connections being loose wibbly wobbly stuff so um but yeah it's it's nice to see different aspects of uh doctor who that aren't really inserted into stories quite as often mm. uh that being you know he's he's told like and he realizes that there's no way to get back to the tardis no way to travel through time and he just drinks wine and he's just like okay yeah fair enough yeah you know, it's uh, it's quite nice because that, that, again, that's just more drama because he's just like, well, I'm stuck here in France. It's not a lot I can do at the moment. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's just got it's just got everything. It's just got good drama, good writing, good characters. Sophia Miles is really good as Madame de Pompadour. Yeah, as Renette. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's just it's it's my favourite, and I think it's the best of that series. Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's the best of series two um, for everything you just said in terms of uh, the quality of the writing. It's great villains. Um, it's got a bit of everything. The monsters of... I was going to say the monsters of the week, but the monsters in it, they're, they're just repair bots, aren't they? They're not yeah. really called anything. Yeah. They're just the, the repair droids of the uh, the SS... Marion Antoinette. No, it's not that. It's the Madame Madame Pompadour. Pompadour. That's the reason they're after. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, but they're not really given like a name, are they? Like, no. The clockwork robots? I don't know. That might be what they're called. But, I mean, they they are, at first, they are quite scary and menacing. Oh, yeah. Which I really like. Um, Isn't there another episode that's connected to that where they're on another ship? Uh, well, they 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 they're featured again in Deep Breath, which is That's Capaldi's it. first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, they must be after someone else of historical value because there's also it's also a ship. Um, well, in that one, they're in that one that they're like stealing body parts. They are um, to repair themselves. Um, but I think in that one they've been they've been like stuck on Earth since the the dinosaur time of the dinosaurs or something what they travel through time i think so yeah and that and that's why there's like a t-rex oh yeah walking around london it i mean god this that's so doctor who but yeah, it? Um, such a christmas is it a christmas episode i can't remember um anyway um yeah yeah girl in the fireplace i think girl in the fireplace is 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 the best without a doubt um yeah, uh, my favourite episode though is um, the uh, the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, hmm. which is a two-parter. Um, it's a base under siege episode um, featuring the Doctor and Rose, and uh, I just think it's an absolutely fantastic story. I mean, it's such an adventure, 
um, the pace of it is just like a roller coaster. Um, you know, they they almost immediately from the point where they land, they're just straight in the action, um, and uh, they're just uh, they're you know uh, all the characters are nicely fleshed out, um, all the supporting characters, um, and it's just a really gripping story. We're introduced to the Ood, who yep. are, who I like. Um, and even though they sort of take on the monster of the week role in this, they're not actually. Um, they're not actually monstrous. They're not monstrous at they're all. They're just taken over. Yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's just like a rollicking adventure. I really oh, yeah. like, I really like base under siege episodes. I think they're my favourite type. Yeah, um, where it's the Doctor and his companion, and they're in a, a, a claustrophobic space. It's usually a Can't, no way of escape. Yeah, it's usually like a spaceship oh, or yeah. a, or a base on a planet. Mm. But there's they've done the ones where it's been like the submarine one and uh, oh yeah, um, like an underground layer. And mm. I really like that. And and um, it has for me, it has a big like it had like a a, a, a science fiction movie feel to it. You know, like oh, Event yeah. Horizon. Oh, a hundred percent. It takes. A lot of um, inspiration from that film and yeah. aliens. And yeah, alien. exactly. Like the alien films. Yeah. That kind of. It feels like that industrial uh, outer space. Yeah. Um, if you had said that they, the the crew of that uh, base, were working with the, you know, the Whalen Yutani. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Captain Ripley was, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it would, yeah, if it yeah, was yeah. all connected, you, you, it wouldn't be out of place because it still has that same rundown industrial space type yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, and that's a good aesthetic for this particular episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. The, the the music again was just brilliant. Oh, yeah. I couldn't, you know, the score was just so, I don't know, it just sounded so, I think it was Murray Gold again, but it sounded so unique and different from the rest of the series. It didn't have that sort of generic, you know, when it's like when Yeah, well, that one I like. But you know when they're like running down a corridor and it's just, it's just a very cliche, like dun, 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 dun. Like it's like, it's action. Yeah. Whereas in that running music, away from the monster, yeah, running dot mp3, yeah. yeah. Whereas the music in that felt really atmospheric and like it was written like with 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 care, and yeah. it felt like a film score. It felt yeah. like a, like a Hans Zimmer film score. I feel like with the the two episodes there and the uh, girl in the fireplace, I feel like they they really went extra on the the atmos, yeah, with the uh, with the audio. Um, getting you in the right frame of mind for yeah. the scenes or the or the dialogue. I think it was yeah. It's just they they they're too standout because they've yeah. got. Um, I'm sure every um, episode has like a, at least a bit of unique score, um, maybe unique sting. But I feel like with the these two episodes and the go in the fireplace, they they really went above and beyond to try and uh, yeah to kind of hammer home the drama because with this episode or two episodes as it is um i feel like the music gives you a sense of there's like no way out there's not going to be any good outcome because it's all quite slow emotional yeah 
um, gives you a lot of lot of dread, and um, I think that re- that re- obviously that really adds to it. But I feel like that makes it unique because there's always a little bit of a there's always a little bit of a positive note to the music yeah. in Doctor Who that allows you to be like, oh, it's going to be okay in the end. Yeah. Whereas with this particular two-parter, I don't think there's any of that at all. Yeah. And it's really like they're in a bad situation and it's not going to end well. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I really I really like the... Um, the... Uh, well, I like the I re, I like the villain before you saw him. I liked when it was just his voice. Yeah, um, sounded like Christopher Lee. Well, it was a very uh, it was a very um, sort of powerful, dominant voice. Um, uh, so I I really liked that um, element. You know, I liked it when he was like talking to them through the through the com and and. Um, I thought that added a really sort of a uh, menacing um, element. Um, the only thing, the only criticism I have of of this of this story um, is the the resolution is a bit naff. Yeah. I mean, he first. I mean, first of all, break it down into its simplest form is quite cheesy. The, the CGI devil thing. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I think after we've we've had all that build up and the and the the voice actor would did such a good job of of creating this menacing villain and then and then for it to just be a giant CGI Satan. Um, I, Do you know what would have been a, a better idea than just the CGI Satan? Is if if is if he went down there and it wasn't a physical being. But it would just manifest itself into whatever you thought the devil looked like. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't right. it, saying it doesn't have like a physical form, because obviously that would make sense because obviously he's able to travel into yeah the body of other people, be be using them as a conduit. I think yeah. If you went down there and you just saw whatever you thought that whatever your brain thought the devil looked like yeah or or just to get just to get a bit deep mm. he could have manifested himself into the Yourself. 10th doctor yeah so we could have had like an, an evil yeah and it, then oh yeah that's good they yeah. could have fought each other where where it turns into like a, a mirror image of yourself yeah but but as the, the dark devil. side yeah. of yourself the the hide to your jekyll oh that would have been so much better whereas all he and then he just yeah, and then he and just, he just, he just like sma- yeah, smashes the, the the vases and um and and it you know and and it just so happens that the TARDIS landed. Yeah, that bit I I completely forgot about. Like right next to him, basically. I forgot about that, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, it it, it would have been better if he'd just like known where about the the subsections had broken down. And he had to like climb to it or something. Yeah, or he had to go through the the pit. Yeah, or if he just if he just yeah if he'd known it was there. Yeah, it would it would have been more believable. Cause... All you need is a line that says, "Oh, the pit's only quarter mile yeah. away from where the TARDIS dropped." Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So the resolution is a is a bit naff, but um, um, but I but I don't think it it doesn't it doesn't spoil the story. No. For me, which I think is really strong, um, so that's my that's my favourite. Um, 
So what is so what do you what what do you think's the worst story and what's your least favourite and, and are they the same or are they different? So see uh, the the worst or least favourite episode for that series is harder than the better episodes or best. Um well, I mean, I, I I know mine, so I, I could always go first in this one. Um, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you can go first. Well, this might come as a surprise to um, everyone listening, but I think the worst episode of Series 2 is Fear Her. All right, yeah, okay. Which is the one set during the London 2012 Olympics, yep. and it's got just a, a, a not very good child actor as the vehicle for the villain, and she's like she draws pictures and it causes people to disappear um oh, i just think it's rubbish it's just a really poor episode i think everything about it's just crap um and i just yeah i just think it's i just think it's rubbish i'm i, I it's got a, it's got a bad premise i mean it's set in it's set on like a road um <laughs> it's, it's it's just set in like a cul-de-sac yeah there in and i know it's it kind of pertains to the story in the end but why is it set in 2012 and at the olympics yeah and i really just so they could use the olympic flame as a to light the i feel like they had that i feel like if it was russell t davis who wrote it i feel like that was the the idea he came up with you know, yeah, let's write a story oh, set. No, it was written by uh, Matthew Gray during anyway. the. Yeah, but he he <clears throat> he he's like the controller. He tells them. He gives them the the um, the template and says, "Write me a story based on this." All right. Okay. So that a lot of it does come from him. Mm, okay. So he he probably said, "Oh, let's do a story set at the because by that point we knew that the we were hosting the Olympics literally so the thought, year before." Oh, let's write a story set during London 2012 Olympics. Right, you wash your face. Yeah. You go write me a story set during the Olympics. Make it a low budget one because we spend it all on the music for the girl in the fireplace. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it just I mean it honestly it it's just a bit. It's just a bit rubbish. It really is rubbish. It wouldn't. It wouldn't probably would have worked really well in the Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh yeah, that's. Really um, that. It's just. I, I, I just think it's really naff. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just. Yeah, no. There's, uh, there's no real redeeming qualities to it, which. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Uh, on that, it's the worst episode. And my least favourite of that series. But I was close to saying Love and Monsters. Well, of course. I mean, that is the one I think everyone would say. But at least that does have a few redeeming qualities. I like it. I know that it's... um, I mean, I know that it's, it's, it's bad, but... Like you say, there's there's nothing about Fear Her that I like. Nothing. I think it's garbage. Whereas Love of Monsters, I think I I think it's funny in places. It's sweet. Yep. Um, I actually think un- until Peter Kay comes into it, it's a good episode. I actually really, really think it's episode. a really good episode. Yeah. Really good episode. I really like the idea. Um, you know, this was the first sort of Doctor Light episode they ever did, which will become a, a, another staple of New Who. Yeah. 
and I really like the exploring that the dynamic of it's about Doctor Hunters. Yeah, and I well I, not hunters, but like I they're... really I really like Elton. Yeah, he's a really compelling character. I wish again, he's another one. I wish he'd become a companion. Mark Warren. He deserved. He definitely deserved it. Yeah. Um. You know, and it, it again, it's it's a, such a missed, it's a missed opportunity. There were so many interesting things it could have explored. I can't like, remember we came up with another uh, Father's Day situation where we changed it up a bit. Was it to do with his mum? Was it to do with the fact that with his mum dying? I can't quite remember now. I should have written it down. But uh, it definitely didn't involve Peter Kay as the Absorbaloff. No, I can't remember either now, come to think of it. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, I... I I think because at, at the time they did like a Blue Peter Cod competition and whoever won <laughs> got to and the competition was design a Doctor Who monster and whoever won that monster would then get actually Written into an episode. So it was literally designed by like an, a seven year old child. Even though it's more likely that the next episode that we just talked about, yeah. Is also written by Charles. I mean, I don't how. I, I honestly. My don't drawings know. come to life on the paper, and they're stored in the paper. How the That's BBC the ever point. approved that? I, I, I've no idea. But, um, I wish it, it. It's such a shame because, like I said, there's loads of things about Love and Monsters I like. I love the soundtrack. Love that it's got electric light orchestra in it. Oh yeah. I love. Uh, I love Elton. I love the whole Linda, um, group thing where they yeah. meet and try and trace down the doctor i really like i like the revelation at the end that um uh that the doctor was there when which is quite quite deep for this very silly kids episode oh yeah that it turns out that the the doctor was was there when an elton comes down as a kid and he finds his mum's died mm. presumably it'd been killed she'd been killed by like a some sort of monster. Yeah, he says like uh, like a shadow monster. Yeah, why couldn't the shadow monster have been the main villain? Yeah. That would have been more interesting. Yeah. Elton, he's like trying to track down the, the shadow monster that killed his mum. And, and, and the and doctor the mysterious to help man yeah. who was there at the time. So you've you know, rewritten it, it's already better. Um, I like the whole thing with Jackie and where, where he sort of, you know, like... Um, uh, Woos her. Catfishes her, or if that's the right... <laughs> no, not catfish, but... You know, yeah, he like... He like tries to woo her, but he feels really. You know, I like that. We explore a bit more about her. Um, we see a bit more of her life away from Rose and that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, but yeah, the Peter K thing's just stupid. I really, it's just so dumb, and it, um, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's a bit weird at the end as well when he's like he's when he's got like his his girlfriend's like a, a paving slab. A slab. And he's like, "Oh, we have we have a bit of a love life." <laughs> what? Oh, She's literally just a face on on a on a, a, on, a, bit a, of on, a on a yeah, a bit of pavement. <laughs> and he's like, "We have we have a love life with a pavement slab." Oh, it's just gross, and it? it's just grim. Um, I mean, <laughs> oh god, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah, but I, you know, I think I. For all its um, for all its silliness and 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 uh, it does get a lot of stick. I preferred love. I'd I would watch Love and Monsters over Fear Her any day. Yeah, Fear Her is just like a. It's just a nothing episode. Like the. Yeah. Even from a technical standpoint, 
the cinematography and the uh, the backdrop and the setting is just all bland all ba- and bad. I think it's just fucking yeah. so bland and boring. Which it's Doctor Who. Like Doctor Who should be like no matter how you know dated that the technology might look, yeah. um, how you know silly monsters might look, or anything like that. It shouldn't be boring. It shouldn't be fucking bland. No. It shouldn't be grey. Even even the worst episodes, well, the worst rated episodes, like Love of Monsters, they're appealing in that they're... Because of their... Cheesiness. Yeah. Their outrageously campness. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, they... they they, even, they have something. Yeah, even they have redeeming qualities due to the, how sort of laughably bad they are. Yeah. But this isn't laughably bad. It's just shit. It's just bad. Um, I mean, th- I mean, God, imagine if that had been the Doctor Light episode. I mean, Doctor and Rose hadn't been in that. It would just what would it, it would have been like an episode of Blue like Neighbours or something. <laughs> What's uh, like? It'd be just like Grange Hill or something. Yeah, Grange Hill with do, some, do, do, do. some just like this, weird mysterious thing in it. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, just, I just, with that episode, there's nothing to like. So, okay, so before we get on to the finale, which I guess is, is a, the probably the biggest talking point of Series 2, do you have any honourable mentions? Uh, yeah. School Reunion. Yes. Now that is um, that is a good episode. I wouldn't say it's great. Good. It's uh, it's uh, good? Question mark? Trademark? <laughs> I think I think School Reunion falls into the same category as Father's Day in that it's good. Good. Is it? We're not sure if it's good. good. Now that one we definitely did do uh, a plot deviation for yeah where that they're not monster of the week bats you just have the demon headmaster yeah who was great yeah yeah um and he's just like well if you don't stop me doctor like my whole race is going to come and take over the earth i don't think the monsters of the week in school reunion are as pointless or bad as the ones in father's Day. oh no not at all yeah because at least they serve a a real purpose because they're there to show that there's like a race of um, aliens that are trying to crack the the god code, yeah, um, so that they can manipulate matter to their will, yeah. So that at least shows um, that there's a threat, yeah, an immediate threat. Um, in Father's Day, they're just tacked on. Yeah, the exactly. Monsters. The, the yeah. monsters are tacked on to the side of the episodes. Yeah. Um, like a shit spoiler on a car. Um, just totally unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> so, but with this one, I feel like, um, yes, I'm okay with them being in it, but they I would have been a little bit better if it had had less uh, CGI Monster of the Week. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. I, th- I I would have liked still a good episode. Less good, good? less um, less of the bats, less of the bat monster thing, yeah. and more of the 
for me, I'd like to have seen more of the the um, Sarah Jane reuniting with the Doctor and the impact of that. Yeah. Um, I'd, I appreciate that they they touched on that and in in a, in a few scenes. Uh, um, I really like that scene in the cafe where she basically confronts him and says, "You know, you left me." Yeah. Um, I have seen the Hand of Fear, um, where he does, as as they mentioned in in School Union, he 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 does drop her off, um, and uh, in what where he thinks it's Croydon, but it's actually Aberdeen. Um, <laughs> um oh. yeah. Um, it's great to see her back. It's great. To, to see K9 um even though they they never met in the classic series um I didn't even know that well they made a pilot for a, a spin-off show called like K9 the K9 adventures yeah I've seen that though and he I think he's with her in that he is, yeah. and that's how they that's how they got together yeah um brilliant but um yeah, it's great to see them back. I mean, she's just great. I mean, a bit like Paul McGann. She just straight slips straight back into the character Amazing. after what thirty years. Yeah. Um, and it's I love I love the, the I love the sort of um uh the confrontations with Rose that she has the sort of um they're sort of like trying to up the each old other. model new model. Yeah, I like that. Um, and it's nice to see. You know, we've never really had a companion. Um, returning yeah. in that way before. Yeah. I mean, we've had like we've had cameo uh, we've had companions making cameos like again. Um but we've never had them like full on returning in such an impactful way. Um normally when they leave, they leave for good. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. You know, they might pop up here and there, like they might be running about with unit or something. But, yeah. <laughs> um Martha Jones. Exactly. But um but but with Martha Jones, she was like she was with Unit. It wasn't too. It wasn't, and she'd been in Torchwood, so it wasn't as it wasn't a huge surprise when yeah. she came back. Yeah, Whereas this one was like, we, yeah. I don't think we as the audience, and I don't think the Doctor ever expected to see Sarah Jane again. Of course, you know it's almost it's even though he does spend a lot of his time in London, where she's from, <laughs> which is yeah. like you know yeah he's always in London. Yeah, anyway. they and I, I, I sort of like. Yeah, I kind of like the way that he explains why he left her because he basically says, "Well, look, I'm, I can't travel with the same one person for all their life because eventually they'll get old, yeah, and they'll die, and he just goes on." Mm. So I get, I sort of get that why yeah. he has to keep changing up the companion. Um. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, Anthony Head's great. Um, he's, I mean, he, he's honestly he's great in that. I mean, I remember when we watched it, I said he'd have been a great master. Oh yeah, 100%. I love that. I love that scene, but in the in the swimming pool, mm. very Sherlockian. Yeah. Um, maybe Moffat ripped ripped off that. that, that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um, I really like that. Uh, that you know, I would. I just, I'd have liked to have seen more of that. Yeah. Less of the fly bat, flying bat things and the kids. And more of the um, the mental chess yeah. between him yeah. and the Doctor. Tennant and, and Anthony Head just, you know... Um, Doing Sherlock Moriarty more of words. Things. Yeah, Sherlock Moriarty, that kind of relationship. Yeah. That's why I think he'd have been a great master. Um, so, yeah. 
Um, and canine is it was it's fun to have canine back. Um, and I'm glad they did it. I'm really I'm I'm glad that they did it because um, for a lot of people that was the first time that really anything from Classic Who had been referenced or mentioned or returned other than like throwaway lines yeah maybe yeah, from nine yeah exactly so yep. um i really like that and 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 of course it led to the sarah jane adventures which um were um were successful in their own right yeah. you know very popular on cbbc and that um so I'm, I'm glad that happened i'm glad that i'm glad that people who are new to doctor who and young kids were suddenly introduced to Char- likes characters like Sarah Jane, like K Nine. Suddenly, the history of Classic Who was was slowly starting to rejuvenate a bit. Yeah, hmm. um, yeah, and then obviously uh, it was the, I guess the official introduction of Mickey as a companion because this from this one he then transitions to Gerd in the fireplace. Yeah, yeah. So he becomes in our. So that's when In he becomes way. a proper companion. He becomes a proper yeah. companion. Um, and he's very... I, I love it when he's like, I'm the tin dog. Where his realisation yeah. is... Uh, is It can't, comes through. Yeah. You know, and it's it's such a... It's such a... It's it's light-hearted, but it's like it's such a laugh. It's just like... It's just like I like... And, and it... It it, um, it, uh, it play... It, he has sort of... Sort of the beginning of his... Of his new character arc. Oh, yeah. Because Mickey in this series something we'll talk about now is um he's got more obviously a lot more of a story because there's in a lot more of the episodes but yeah. um they decide to give mickey his dues that's right so yeah. you know and it all really starts at this one because yeah. obviously he's not really in it well maybe christmas invasion is in it a little bit as well but this is more because he's, yeah. part, he's part of the story yeah. in this one then the next episode and the subsequent episodes after that i mean because i like how uh in the I think it's his last story um with the uh, rise of the cybermen he um he's like he 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 finally he says I'm not the tin dog yeah doesn't say it in a funny way yeah he says it in a very serious way like, exactly uh, and that's when you're like he's finally blossomed yeah become the butterfly yeah um yeah yeah I you're right I really like um Mickey's really like Mickey in this series he he really comes into his own mm. he he you know, he showed glimpses of it in the first series. Yeah, but I'm glad they they went uh, whole hog and definitely gave him like a really interesting arc because yeah. I think it's quite interesting that he obviously stays in the uh, in the parallel universe. Yeah, and uh, I know I don't. The Doctor obviously doesn't really try and stop him, but he also doesn't say. You know, he, that's technically not your gran because he stays for his gran. That's right, yeah. Because obviously he's uh, died uh, in his universe from falling down the stairs. And he's just trying to... He's probably just on one hand trying to make up for not fixing a carpet. Which he says, you know, I told you to get that done ages ago. In this, the parallel universe, she doesn't yeah, trip over Yeah, that's a nice scene as well. But also, like, um, the Doctor doesn't, like, really try and stop him. Like, oh, she's not actually your gran. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, physically, you know. But he's just like, well, Mickey deserves something to go for. So he's, uh, the Doctor doesn't... I know the Doctor probably wouldn't try and stop him anyway. But... Well, is it is is it that? Or is it that he just doesn't really care? Mm, maybe. As much. Yeah. It's not... It's not... 
it's not to do with Rose, so doesn't really care. Well, you know, it, you're right. It's, I re I really like that Mickey makes the decision to to stay. Yeah, I do too. Um, for like for his gran and to help um that other geezer destroy the rest of the, the factories. Yeah. Um, it gives him purpose, gives him independence from yep. from from his abusive relationship, his emotionally abusive relationship <laughs> with his with his abuser. Yeah. God, imagine if Rose and Mickey. Imagine if they were the other way round. Oh exactly. yeah, I think a lot of people would have a lot to say about that, wouldn't they? 100%. Because it's a guy, no one cares. <laughs> anyway, let's not um, let's not open that can of worms. Um, what about the finale? Oh. Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Well, before just before we get onto that, yep. I'd just like to say my my quick honourable mention is Tooth and Claw. Oh yeah, cool. Um, the werewolf historical story, which could have been a terrible episode. It could have been, and could have been very generic. Could have been a generic episode. I thought it was great. It was good. Um, good. I think at the time, like a bit like you were saying, I, I, it, pro- I, it, I probably just sort of brushed it off, like, mm. oh, it's a historical, it's boring. Yeah, two thousand six. I definitely um, wasn't as into it as I am now. What rewatching it recently with you though? I lo- I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I would have, I would have enjoyed watching that as just a one-off film. Yeah, uh, you know, and it was a good werewolf story. Yeah, great. I love the whole thing with the telescope, uh, the and the and the, the diamond the gem. Yeah. yeah, and I thought Queen Victoria's involvement was. I thought it was quite. It didn't seem like forced. Like they just shoehorned her in because she's a famous historical figure. I thought yeah. it worked worked well. She was part of the story. They integrated her well. With different aspects, they had her going to somewhere in Scotland. Mm. They had a bit of a diversion by the monks, so she had to divert course. Yeah, and then she went to a house where her husband had been before. Yeah, so it's not like completely alien, she's not like just randomly stopping there. Yeah, they know of somewhere to go, and it turned out to be all part of this big, yeah. elaborate plan. To- yeah. Stop the so they werewolf. use different aspects to yeah. to introduce Victoria to the space of the episode, yeah. which is probably how it should be done. And it caused it led to the the conception of Torchwood. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, really clever. Um, a really cleverly written episode, I think. Um, I'm very impressed with it. Um, so anyway, that's that's just my honourable mention. Yeah. Um, Great episode. The CGI is not too bad for what it is. It's all right. Yeah, I've seen feature-length films far worse, which are a lot worse, like werewolf films, mm. where which is which is terrible. I mean, they would it have been better if they'd used a bloke in a costume? Nah, you wouldn't have got the height and the yeah. Maybe it would have looked better, but you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been able to do the running around. Oh, and you wouldn't have been able the... to get much of the many of the shots that they wanted. Exactly. Um, you know, fast paced running, it would have looked really odd. You would have to up the frame rate, and that always looks a bit odd. Yeah, exactly. Um, um but yeah, that was yes, yeah, so that's a very good episode. Um, so yeah, it's got some some. Uh, Highest heights and lowest lows in terms of the quality and, you know, how good the episodes are or how bad they are. It's, um, yeah, some of it is rough going, but a lot of it is is good, enjoyable. 
like us like we like we said before this is this series is very up and down ironically this is the bipolar series <laughs> well we've got the bipolar with the doctor, bipolar doctor. Um, um but yeah uh the army of ghosts is the first part of the series finale Your, yeah. See, I liked it in two thousand and six. I liked, uh, I liked seeing the Daleks and the Cybermen on screen together. Yeah, even though I thought they completely wasted that. Their their scenes together are good. The monsters' scenes together are quite funny, quite good. You don't like it? You think it's cringe? I just, well, I don't, I don't know about cringe. I, I just, that I think that now. I, you're right. When I watched it at the time, it was massive. Yeah. And I know a lot of people still say that, oh, Doomsday's the best finale. It's it's the most well, sad. And I, I, I don't agree with any of those statements. Um, I think it's the worst season finale. Um, I think it's underwhelming. Um, I just think it's a bit pants, um, <laughs> really. I'm not, it's not, it's not bad. I just think it's pants. And, I think the the Cybermen and versus the Daleks thing was completely wasted. I mean, the, uh, yeah, this yeah, the scenes are fun, but I mean, it's like I don't know. It's it's just like one Dalek and like two Cybermen in like a corridor. That's true. It does it does look pretty. Um, Where's the big battle? I want to see a battle. It that the dialogue for me in that scene. I know which one you're talking about. It, uh, the dialogue is funny and it's it's good, but the actual scene itself is like just in any generic corridor of any generic yeah. building. I know it's I know it's kind of set in Canary Wharf, so you can't it, it can't be can't be as epic as maybe you, you want. Yeah, but that obviously they can just change that in the right in the in the script. But the yeah, I understand what you mean when when I'm looking at the the actual scene like what two cybermen come walking down a random generic corridor and there's a dalek there yeah and you're just like right okay like there's this no i know this this is kind of out of left field a bit but it's like because you've got all of the generic things that you'd find on the on the wall in a in an office building like or that they've put there thinking that this is what would be on the walls of a general office building, like like a no smoking sign or like a emergency exit sign or something. Yeah. I'm just like, this is so not interesting. <laughs> it's not an interesting location for this I mean, um, just, exchange. Yeah, you're right. And they keep, it annoys me that they always refer to that as the Battle of Canary Wharf. I didn't see a battle. I saw one Dalek fighting a couple of Cybermen. Well, not even fighting, just shooting a couple of Cybermen in a corridor. Yeah, in a generic corridor. Oh, they they do have um, they do have a, like a massive shootout in the uh, in the I call it the Indiana Jones room, where they've got all of the alien tech shit. Right. Yeah. Um, I just they do think, have a bit of a battle in there, but we don't see most of it. I mean, we've been waiting. When I say we, you know, the Doctor Who fandom has been waiting for. Uh, Daleks versus Cyberman, um, you know, story f- since the Daleks and the Cybermen were first introduced. I mean, it's like the ultimate. It's like Batman versus Superman. You yeah. know, it. 
And like with Batman vs Superman, the payoff was just a massive letdown, in my opinion. Um, and also, you know, we'd already had a Cyberman two-parter. So it's, you know, the fact that... Four the, episodes worth of yeah, Cyberman. It, it, it wasn't really that, oh, it's a Cyberman. But, You're you know... Like, we've seen that we've already seen this it. season. And, yeah, and then, you know, and then when the Daleks come into it, you think, oh, it's going to be Daleks vs Cyberman. This is going to, you know... I just and then it just it's just a bit meh to me. I mean, I, you know the 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 Age of Steel Rise of Cyberman two parter. I I think I said at the time this feels like a season finale. Yeah, yeah, you did say. I don't understand why that wasn't the season finale. Yeah, I I just feel that compared to that, the, um, Army of Ghosts and Doomsdays just seems a bit underwhelming. Yeah, they've for a they've, season they've finale. tried to they tried to ramp it up by having. Cybermen who you've already seen and Daleks who are returning from the first series but it just yeah it would have been a little bit of a subdued ending to the series uh, Age of Steel Rise of the Cybermen but you're right it does feel like a end of season finale yeah because they they leave the universe yeah they leave our universe to go to a parallel universe while they accidentally get taken into one so the the thing should have been them trying to get back and them trying to, you know, yeah, destroy the Cybermen. Exactly. And you I still th- and you still could have had the um the, you know, the sad uh, bad wolf bay um Rose and Doctor get separated. You could have had that you, ending in you the right Cyberman. You you could have worked that in because they're still in that universe. Right, exactly. She could have got trapped there. Yeah. And you could have easily tacked that yeah. ending on to Rise of Cyberman. Um, well, like, I, I mean, yeah. So I guess that brings us on to the Doomsday. The 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 the, the Rose and Tenth Doctor <laughs> relationship, um, yeah. which obviously comes to its its big emotional conclusion in this climax we well no he doesn't get to climax (laughs) Rose Tyler I have wet my trousers (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah I mean he doesn't even get to snogger so just you just you just hear nine in in his head going up. I've had that. <laughs> well, they do kiss uh, in the first episode. They do kiss. Well, that yeah, but that's Cassandra, that's Cassandra in her body, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> nine in the background, just like you know, just like an echoey voice in his own mind. He's just like, I've had that. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, at the time, I was sad. Looking back, it's just a bit cringe. Exactly. It's, it's really, I don't really know if there's any other words, but yeah, it's just really cringe. I, I couldn't have put it there myself. I mean, I, I, I as you know, I, I am a, a very vocal. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, 
disapprover, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think of what's the word opposite of supporter. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, whatever. Anyway, I, I hate it. Um, <laughs> I've, I don't like the Doctor being romantically involved with his companions. All I, right, Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Um, I don't like it. I don't think. I don't. I, I don't think we need it. I don't like Ten and Rose. I don't like the fact that Martha's like in love with him. I, the whole reciprocated love thing. I really hate that. Um, thank God for Donna. Um, <laughs> Amy Pond and the the Eleventh Doctor is another one. Clara and the Eleventh Doctor. I mean, honestly, it's I hate it and it's pointless and it never it goes anywhere. I don't mind the River Song one because that she's an ex- exception. I mean, God, God, well. We'll get onto that later, but uh, fuck knows <laughs> no, what's going on there. That really is coming up. She's soon, conceived yeah. in the TARDIS or some bullshit. But um, the River one, I can forgive. But the companions, I don't like it. You know, it's. Um, I mean, he. You know. <sighs> Let me just take a breath. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's nineteen. He's nine hundred. Um, True. And I know that people could say, "Oh, yeah, but he's he, he, you know, but he's got the body of of a of a sort of mid thirties um, human man, so he's still got the energy of he of of a young man and stuff. He's yeah. just got the mind of a nine hundred year old. Okay, yeah. fine, but still, a nineteen year old and a thirty five year old, even that's a bit of an age gap. Hmm. But you know, but he's he he's a different species to her for for an, for another thing." Um, I just don't like it, and and I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm sorry, Rose and Tenant fans, of which I know there are a lot in our fandom. Um, I just don't like it, and I, and I think it does damage, in my opinion, um, it does irreversible damage to, to Rose's character. I really don't like her and Ten. They're rela- I think, thing, the other, forget about the romance for a second. I think they're both. I don't know. They just come across as really smug and irritating in this. There's a lot of them like tickling each other and being all like flirty and yeah, the in the in flanter patronizing people and stuff. Yeah. And you know, like you know, like in the idiot's lantern when he comes out of the TARDIS on a on a scooter and he's like, "Go on my way, doll." And she's like, "Oh, can I have a ride, daddy? Oh, yeah." I'm just like, "Oh God, that's so cringe. That's Fucking so cringe. just sort yourselves." I imagine nine would have been like, "No." <laughs> yeah. You know that oh. going my way, Daddy. God, no. <laughs> oh, I no just hate people. it. I really hate that, and it really it makes I feel, and it makes me dislike ten as well. I'm like, why are you falling in love with with teenage girls from Earth? Like, yeah. you've you're the Doctor. You know, be the Doctor, and it's it's, it's this whole swashbuckling romantic, you know, hero thing, and it, it, oh. I mean, I mean, we got to the point where um, a couple of episodes into the, or even the first or second episode into the new series, the mere mention of another female, Rose, goes feral. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's in the writing. That's not like, um, it's just oh, it's just what she. It happens in multiple episodes. Yeah. Like the mention of a girl, of a female, and Rose is just, just in like, a strop. Yeah, she is. Do you know what I mean? Like She literally is. And that just robs Rose of any bigger character development. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, what is Rose doing this episode? Um, trying to help the Doctor. 
how is she doing that? Well, actually, she doesn't help the Doctor. She throws a strop because there's another female. Yeah, in, exactly. Of a species. She's just she's just jealous because for no That's reason. That's just bad writing because and uh, you know doesn't <sighs> doesn't endear you to Rose, does it? It, it doesn't at all, and this is why I dislike her. Yeah, um, this is why she's not my better in series one. My yeah, hundred percent. I do, and it just it you know um, the only reason that I can forgive it with Martha is because the 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 tenth Doctor doesn't reciprocate her love for him. Yeah, although that also really irritates me because <laughs> he just spends he's moping about Rose the whole time. Oh mate, we I know this is uh, technically outside the realm of the second series. But in the Runaway Bride, that bit where Donna asks his past companion's name, and he literally almost starts crying He's, instantly. Her name was. I don't even think. Says, I don't think he says that. He pokes his head out of the TARDIS, and he's just like fucking nearly bawling his eyes eyes out. And he goes, "Rose." Yeah. Exactly. Her name was Rose. He's choking up. And then he just fucking. He's just like, "I've got to go." Sorry, yeah. Donna. I've got to go. <laughs> Oh fuck off! I was just like, that's just pathetic. Oh, look, look, I like you said. I, I, I thought it was very sad at the time. I was, mm. I was sad to see Rose go. But um, upon reflection, I just many I, reflections. Yeah, I really don't like it now. And no. um, you know, I can see how a young impressionable girl would fall in love with the doctor especially yeah. if he is currently his current incarnation is a younger man yeah yeah i can see that you know it's it's the classic student falling in love with their teacher syndrome yeah but the but that shouldn't be reciprocated no um and i won't go into this but um this this sort of happens again with in series 5 with the 11th doctor and amy but I, in my opinion, that they they salvaged that. Yeah. I won't go into how or why, but um, but they that that gets res- that gets resolved quickly and then forgotten about. Like Amy being in love with the Eleventh Doctor is not like the overall whole no. arc of her adventures with him, like yeah, it yeah. is with Rose. Yeah, it's very much with Rose. It's like the defining thing of their whole yeah. run together, and and. And oh, and again, and 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 like you said, it it really affects her behaviour. Yeah. To her detriment, you know. And then this, and in Doomsday, she's all like, "Take me back, take me back!" And she's she's literally kicking and screaming while Pete's like holding her. Yeah. And you know, I must admit, what watching it now, you know, when they're like either side of the wall and all that, and I, I'm I just think that I just hate it. It's like it's just like it, it's like soap opera. You know, it's like something out of EastEnders or it something. It makes me, that bit where they're on either side of the wall, even though they couldn't possibly be able to tell that the other one was doing that, makes me think of, like, really cheesy, tacky student theatre. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is so right. GCSE where, drama. Where it's like, in the middle of the, the stage <laughs> is a white wall... And either side of that white wall, the actors yeah, yeah. are like, we can't be together. Yeah. We're so apart, but we're, we're so close. Yeah. And, I, I, and then the, the next thing you see is just me walking out. <laughs> like, have you, have you, you know, in like you used to see drama where you've got like one person sat 
on a chair. Yeah. And then and then there's like four or five other people walking around them and they're going they're saying like anxiety, <laughs> paranoia, stress. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking subtlety to it at all. <laughs> it reminds me of that. And then and then the person oh, in the chair's like, stop. <laughs> Jesus. I can't take uh, it, man. I can't take it. Yeah, it does. Um Yeah, it Yeah, I mean It's yeah, not good on reflection. The bad wolf bay scene, it it's a nice scene. It's it's you know, it's it's sad. Um you know, I I mean what why why that to go to Norway, I don't know. <laughs> just just so they could get that bad wolf reference in, that seems a bit yeah. dumb, but um it's a nice scene. I'm not, you know, it, it, it's, and it, oh, oh. annoyingly as well, they basically do it all again in in Journey's End. They do the same thing again. It's like I was waiting for, um, I was waiting for um, a, a weird human David Tennant doctor to appear. Yeah, they just, I was I was wondering where how they get how they're going to have enough time to fit that in. Only did I realise um, midway through that scene was I not watching the end of season four. Yeah, because it's the same, it's literally the same scene, shot for shot. Pretty much. Um, they're just milking a, a dead cow with that, trying to, you know, uh, Russell T. Davis, you know, wanking off to his best bits, which is essentially, you know, it's like, oh, look how, remember how great that was, how popular <laughs> it was at the time. Let's do it again. Oh. Um, and even at the time, I, I you know, oh, I, anyway, I. Um, I don't like I don't like Rose and the Tenth Doctor's r- romance. I don't like I don't think Rose is a, a very good companion in series two. Yeah, and I this you know this whole thing Doomsday finale thing where they get separated and that and he's like oh, Rose Tyler I and all that that for me just it just that is that is that you know boiling over that is the 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 um, the peak of that. Mm. Um, and you know, especially coming off of the back of what what was a very up and down series, um, you know, I think it's not good to end on a low. Yeah, I know a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh no, it's good, like it's a high," but I just I, think about it honestly. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people think that the Tenth Doctor and Rose were the best like Doctor companion team ever, and they think that Doomsday was the best finale ever. And they, for that reason, they probably think series two is the best ever. But I've got news for you: all of those are wrong. <laughs> um, you know, it, like rewatch them now as as an adult with, with with an open mind, and I think you'll look you'll see it in a different light. Um, yeah. Um, it's just wishy-washy soap opera, non- lovey-dovey nonsense, <laughs> um, as Stephen Moffat would would uh, would write. Um, what would we be giving this series out of five? Um, so we, I think we went for four point five out of five for the first series. Slovene eggs. Yeah, we did yeah. Slovene eggs to begin with. So uh, this time we're going to do. Uh, out of five, out of five, um, absorbaloffs. <laughs> oh, of course, 
<laughs> wow. A five absorber loss. One was bad enough, let alone yeah. five. <laughs> Don't bring five. Um, because we did Slovene eggs, and they're like cousins, species. Yeah. Maybe the, he mentions it. Maybe the rating should be like the, the stupidest monster yeah, of the series. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, go I'm going to go for three absorbaloffs out of five. Um, because uh, there was just uh, there was there was a lot of good things about this series, but enough for me to enough bad things for me to say that it was detrimental to the series as a whole. Mm. You know, I feel like the overarching stories weren't good, but the smaller contained stories were were, were good. Agreed. You got School Reunion, uh, Tooth and Claw, is that what it's called? Yep. And um, Girl Good in the Fireplace, uh, and then parts, small parts of Love and Monsters. And the um, uh, the um, Satan Pit and Possible Planet. That's it. Two-parter. So, uh, yeah. you know, contained stories, great. Yeah. Overarching stories, minus Mickey's overarching story, which is pretty good. Bad. Yeah. That, I mean, and it was too much because that's the the bulk of the. That's what keeps you coming back is the overarching story of what's going to happen in the yeah. finale and what's what's pushing these characters forward. Yeah, um, that was bad. You know that should be the good. That should be the the arcs should be the good bits. Agreed. You know, it was kind of a bit of a reversal. So yeah, I'm going to go for no. Do you know what I'm going to go three point five. Because we have named quite a few episodes there that we liked. Yeah. You know, there's actually quite a few good bits there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go 3.5 Absorbaloffs out of five. Right. What about yourself? Well, I'm, I, I originally completely agreed with you, but now you've changed yours, it's different. So I'm giving it three Absorbaloffs out of five. Okay. Um for all the positives exactly the same as what you said yeah some really great strong standout episodes um you know go in the fireplace one of the best moffats he's ever written um the possible planet and the satan pit is i think it's the best base under siege of of new who good um uh, love uh, you know love and monsters i think is the best worst <laughs> yeah, episode yeah, that's probably hard to say. um so uh yeah and, and score it, School reunion reintroduced Sarah Jane and K9. Um, David Tennant's performance was um, good enough to, you know, carry the show. Oh, and yeah. again, a, a, you know, with any first Doctor's first series, they in particular have to um, be strong and and you know um, land on their feet. Yeah, because the audience have to warm to them and yeah. get along with them. He did have a good um he did have a good energy and a good energy change. Yeah. From nine. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I didn't love nine's overall character. Yeah. But there has to be there has to be an an energy change and a, f- a different feel to the the overall character of the doctor as well as the stories he inhabits. Yeah. 
otherwise, why did you get this actor to replace this other actor? Yes. Um, and I think that the change from nine to ten is successful because of its change or pace being so, there, there being such um, differences between the two. Mm. Mm. Um, we'll touch on going from 10 to 11 when we come around to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll obviously the, the, with the, the series three and four um, and the specials podcast, we'll, we'll talk more about the 10th doctor. Of course. Um, I mean, but a bit like how with his personality, I think in 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 the series he's he's again very up and down and bipolar. Um, you know, in this series he's very excitable and high energetic and energy. And then the next series he's all like mopey and sad. And then in series four he's back. He's he's good again. Yeah, back to high energy. Well, Donna's keeping him on his toes. And then point, in so. the specials he goes back to being. He, well, he turns, in my opinion, he turns to a bit of an asshole. Mm. Um, so he's very up and down, but he's all right in this series. Um, but yeah, I'm, I can I can only give it a three because um, I can't stand the romance thing with Rose, and um, it, I, it it has a lot. It, I think the, the finale is very weak. I think it has some some really forgettable um, episodes like Fear Her and the Idiot's Lantern. I think they're just they're just bland and forgettable. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's the weakest of the Russell Davis era. Um, so yeah, um, there's no Jack. There's no Jack. Um, they don't go back to you know. Oh, I know Jack goes to Torchwood. I mean, there's that, but you know, they just left him. Yeah, they just left his. Bo- that, not even. Uh, not even did they not know that he was back alive again. They didn't even really go check. Yeah. They, they, you know, I know that could have obviously happened in the first series, blah, blah, blah. But like the, the two of them were like, oh, uh, we're never like, oh, Jack's dead or Jack might be alive. They don't ever mention him. No. Um, yeah. So that's a bit horrible. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's not great. I don't. It's well. I mean, I've given it quite a low rating actually, but I don't think it's the worst. Um, I don't think it's the worst series of all of New Who. New Who. Um, I mean, we'll get there. But I think it's among the worst, and a bit like what I think is the worst series. That's largely due to the companion. In my opinion, yeah. So I think because of Rose, um, I, I I can only give this a three mm. absorber loss out of um, out of five. <laughs> and I just want to say to all the David Tennant fans out there um, and the Rose fans, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. 